Hi, you're listening to a podcast from the Galton Institute Conference from 2019, all about the ancient history of Britain, which was held at the Royal Society. In this episode, Dr. Sylvia Bello, who works at the Natural History Museum in London, talks about the perspective fossils and artefacts can give us into ancient human behaviour, which wasn't always very pleasant. The earliest example of the human is possibly uh, is probably box grow. Um, so if we talk about hominin fossil, uh, it dates around half a million years and they are represented by a tibia, which is a leg bone, and two teeth. So not a huge amount of fossils. They, the structure of the bone uh, suggests that they are of a hominin species called Homo heidelbergensis. I work on human behaviour and two teeth seems almost like nothing, but they have some very interesting scratches. Um, we think that those scratches were produced while using the mouth as a third end. So they were clenching something in their mouth and they were cutting with a stone tool uh, and hand axes, which has probably slipped and cut the teeth. And we have all these scratches on the teeth, which tells us a little bit more what they were doing and how they were living in the environment. Well, that's a quite a lot you can tell from a couple of teeth and a leg bone. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, we, when you only have two teeth, you do as much as you can. Um, but it is also something that is interesting. You, you mentioned that is uh, they're not the only example of scratch teeth. So we were looking into something that we knew it was a form of behaviour that has been recognised in, in Neanderthal uh, and in other form of Hamohydobergensis. But it looks like this example from Boxroa is the earliest example of this type of behaviour. So it's quite exciting. And this behaviour actually does reduce in time and we have very limited evidence for more recent times. So the Neolithic is almost seems to disappear, this form of behaviour. If humans were here for a million years and the first fossil appears 500,000 years ago, why is that? Well, it could be luck. We haven't found them yet. They are there somewhere. We keep looking. We have evidence from Haysborough that they definitely were there. So we have, that is a site of around one million years. We have uh, several, not many, but several stone tools that prove that they were around. Uh, we also have an amazing example of footprint on, on the edge of the coast, uh, which is indicative of probably a family, of at least six individual, individual walking, walking around. Um, and that is the closest we got to have a fossil record of this, of this group of people because a footprint gives you also more or less the high of it. And the proportion uh, suggests that they were very similar to Homo antecessor, which has been found in Spain. So we don't have the fossil itself, but we have something very close to it. The gap is, is multiple, it, there could be different reasons. Uh, one, we haven't found it, as I said, but it could also be because the population who inhabited Britain was very limited, were very few group of people. So it's, it's really finding few in quite a large area. And um, what was, um, do we know what Homo Heidel, can I say this, Heidelbergensis was like? Um, we know that it was extremely robust, um, quite stucky and, and, and tall. He was an extremely good hunter and also someone who could build a beautiful hand axes, beautiful uh, stone tool. Um, I work on human behaviour and there are not that many evidence for such an older time to know what they were doing, except that they 
were able to survive also in different and quite cold climate, like in, in Boxgrove. Um, they were extremely good hunter, and I mean they could hunt a rhino, and it is that is a big animal. Um, butchering it, uh, they can produce some uh, bone tool, um, quite simple bone tools that are mainly retoucher or percussor that are bone tools that are used to nap, uh, so to, that you can produce these beautiful hand axes. Um, with quite a lot of details in their production, which means that they, they were quite smart uh, in, in, and capable to, to see the final product in the production of this bone tool. As well, there must have been some formal communication, I'm not saying verbal, but to, to kill a rhino, you need some form of organization within a group to be able to hunt such a big prey. Um, what other fossils do you have from, from that long ago to tell us things about human history? We don't have many fossils for this older, older period, um, but the, if the footprint from Haysborough belonged to Homo antecessor, we actually have a nice interesting um, knowledge about Homo antecessor were doing not in UK this time, but in Spain. So the main site is Grandolina in the Sierra Huatapuerca in Spain, which dates about 800,000 years old. And these individuals are actually cannibals. Um, they, there are a few individuals, mainly young adults, and Carbonell, who studied this, this fossil, suggests that it was a form of killing enemy and or kidnapping and killing small children as a form of supremacy of one group compared to the other. Those are the only fossils we have, these cannibalized bones. It's difficult to tell what was the relationship between different groups of Homo antecessor at the time. Uh, but it's very interesting to see uh, a behavior um, which has some symbolic or social uh, structure such a long time ago. How do we know they were cannibalized, these remains? So these remains, we know they were cannibalized because they've been modified. So you see traces on any sort of animal that has been butchered. Uh, so you can find cut marks, which are very fine striation that are produced by a stone tool uh, when you're cutting the meat off or when you are skinning an animal. And they can scratch the bone and leave these quite uh, clear marks uh, on the bone itself. Often the bones are smashed to extract the bone marrow. And uh, so when, obviously when you have this sign of, a, of an animal, you assume that they were butchered and eaten. Uh, it's more, a bit more complicated when you have this mark on a human because cannibalism is still a form of taboo and we, we struggle to accept it. But similar evidence were present on these hominin fossils uh, on the child. They have several cut marks and percussion damage suggesting that they were actually eating this individual. Wow, that's interesting. Do we have any remains of the people who were doing the eating? Well, no, that's, that's, the, that's the problem. The older remains present have more or less have been modified in some form. Therefore, those are the eaten and not the eaters. <laughs> as far as we know, they could, they could be both. <laughs> eating each other. Um, bones can tell us things, but what about the objects around the bones? What kind of things can you work out from them? There are, well, depending which bones you're looking at and which period, uh, there are bones that have been used as tools to produce other tools or to do some very specific activity to survive. Um, skin smoother or retoucher to produce napping tool or hammer. Um, and those have no symbolic significance whatsoever. And then you might have other objects that have more symbolic behavior. So with modern time, with Gravettian coming in or the Ignatian, you have the Venuses, or is the time of the K 
cave painting. So some object and that, that are not strictly speaking just tool, um, but they are a sort of form of art. So you can have these two stories, sometimes they are overlapping, so you can have objects that they are, have a specific tool, they are a weapon, but they have beautiful engraved on them, so they tell you of a story of these people actually have a sense of art, which is actually quite amazing. That was Dr Sylvia Bello from the Natural History Museum in London, talking at the Galton Institute conference. You can find out more about the Institute and watch short videos from other conference speakers online at galtoninstitute.org.uk. This podcast was produced by me, Georgia Mills, for First Create the Media. And the music was Drops of H2O by Jay Lang, which was licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks for listening.